Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast. Bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Greetings, Ram fans. Episode 59, we're dropping one day late due to the Monday night football game. This is what we're going to do today. Our first segment, we're going to go through some general notes and some additional notes from that Ram-Cardinal game. Segment two, we will preview the Seattle game, and we'll have some updated Elite Eight power rankings, and we'll have our game picks. Proud to announce that we went 13-1 last week. And in our third segment, we will present the playoff picture. We're going to focus on the Rams. It's pretty complicated. And we're also going to look at how the Rams' 2022 schedule is shaping up. And finally, in our last segment, we will get into our fan bases, which ones are pumped, which ones are pissed, and which ones are perplexed. But first, unfortunately, we really got to talk about this COVID situation. Not happy that that's something we have to discuss, but like I said, can't avoid it. The first thing I wanted to do was recount how this all unfolded for the Rams, because the Rams have been hit by this harder than any other team. And I was advised I may have captured it somewhat incorrectly 
on my last episode. So let's revisit this. Now, I'm pulling this information from CBS Sports and NFL.com and other sites. Checked it a few different places, and this should be accurate. On Saturday, Daryl Henderson tested positive. He was put on the COVID list. And then on Monday, Jalen Ramsey, Rob Havenstein, Dante Dion, and Tyler Higby all tested positive. So all of those guys missed the game. Higby has since been cleared. That turned out it was a false positive. Then on Tuesday, Odell Beckham Jr., Terrell Burgess, Bryson Hopkins, Jordan Fuller, Juju Hughes, Alaric Jackson, all test positive. And the list continues to grow. On Wednesday, Justin Hollins, Johnny Munt, Jared Pinckney. And then on Thursday, yes, there is more. Von Miller, Tremaine Ankrum, Antoine Brooks, Bobby Evans, Jake Gervais, Oko, Kareem Orr, Troy Reader, and Christian Roseboom. Jeez. So that's quite a list. And and uh, obviously puts a damper on the celebration that we were having following the win over Arizona. I mean, it was incredible to get that win missing Higby, Dion, Havenstein, Ramsey, and Henderson. But where do we go from here? I don't know. But there's a lot of breaking news on this. First of all, the NFL has released a memo saying that if I understand it correctly, hopefully I'm getting this right, that if a player is asymptomatic, he can return. I'm quoting from an article here on NFL.com. The NFL provided three testing options for a fully vaccinated individual to return, provided he or she is asymptomatic for at least 24 hours. In the updated protocols, an individual's return from quarantine is possible as soon as the day after his or her initial positive test. So I think a lot of people are dancing around us trying to figure out exactly what it means, but what it means to me is a lot of these RAM players, if they're asymptomatic, will be available on Sunday against Seattle. Now, a key portion of that memo is they still have to be retested. So they test positive. The next day, they're asymptomatic. At any time after that, they can get retested. If those test results demonstrate that they are less contagious below a certain threshold, they can return. Still a positive result, just less contagious. But meanwhile, there's some pushback from the NFL Players Association. And they're pushing for a cancellation of the Raiders-Browns game. The Browns have a lot of guys on the COVID list as well. So it's a developing story, just hoping that it doesn't cost the Rams a win. I don't think it will. If we can field 85% of our guys on Sunday, we should be able to beat this Seattle Seahawks team. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I apologize if I got any of it wrong on my last episode, and I'll probably be apologizing next episode for what I'm getting wrong right now. It's very confusing. I don't have a lot of resources. It's just me plugging away on the internet here, trying to figure it out. And that's my understanding as we speak. Now, on to our regular programming. Get through some general notes here. The NFL is awarding territories, marketing territories. The Rams seem to get a lot of attention. They and them alone were awarded China and Australia and they share Mexico with a number of other teams. 
and I was happy to find out that rams up in Chinese sounds something like mangong. Happy to hear that. May have to be using that pretty soon. DeAndre Hopkins out for the rest of the regular season? That could enhance the Rams' chances of taking the division. I mean, the Cardinals have some great receivers without Hopkins, but that's got to hurt. We really need the Cardinals to lose a couple games down the stretch here, and losing Hopkins could result in that. Urban Meyer, out as the Jacksonville Jags coach, he lasted a year there. Surprised he lasted this long. Just a lot of weird stuff happening there. There was a new story that maybe it's an old story. I just heard it today about him kicking their kicker, Josh Lambeau. Really weird. Lambeau, of course, is no longer with them. Aaron Donald, Defensive Player of the Week, 15 pressures most of the season by any player, five tackles, three sacks, three quarterback hits, three tackles for a loss, and he also had that tipped pass that led to the Ernest Jones interception. So it's just a bad week if you're someone like Micah Parsons to have a great week because Aaron Donald had a very special game. By the way, I missed this. Jared Goff won. Offensive Player of the Week for the NFC last week. Did not realize that, so good job, Jared. And by the way, the Rams can clinch a playoff spot with a win and losses by the Vikings and Saints. Some pro football focus grades. I'm not totally convinced how these numbers are falling out. Matthew Stafford, 90.1. Yeah, sounds about right. Cooper Cup, 81.6. Can't believe it's not higher. Andrew Whitworth, 79.9. Those were the three highest-rated Rams. On defense, Aaron Donald, an 89.6. I was expecting a 95, 96. I just read you those stats from last week. Just still a good grade, but come on. Leonard Floyd, 86.1. And Deshaun Robinson, an 82.3. I can't believe Greg Gaines isn't up there as well. Another thing I missed in that Arizona Cardinal-Los Angeles Ram game is the offense had 58 snaps. The defense had 20 more, 78 snaps. That's due to, as we all saw, the Cardinals sustaining some drives but coming up empty. Kendall Blanton was in for 90% of them, and Bryson Hopkins, 20%. Taylor Rapp, Darius Williams, Jordan Fuller, and David Long did not miss a snap on D. And I should have mentioned David Long. He played very well. I don't know what his pro football focus score was. I'm almost afraid to see it because they're probably going to get it wrong like they did some of the ones above. But David Long had a great game. It was nice to see him step up. Kareem Orr got 40 snaps out of the 78. Nick Scott, 39. Terrell Burgess, 33 snaps. I suspect that's a season high for him. Ashawn Robinson was out there for about half the snaps. Justin Hollins, 17 snaps. Marquise Copeland, 11. Troy Reader, just 7. We'll be back in a second for our game preview, power rankings, and game picks. This segment, we're going to roll through our preview of the Rams-Seahawks game pretty quickly. We've already seen these guys once this year, so I'm not sure how much I can add to that. And then we're going to go through our power rankings and Rams up straight up picks 
immediately after. Well, we all know the Seahawk team pretty darn well. They're coming in 5-8, and eight, holding out hope that they can win out and sneak in as the last wild card. Rams come in 9-4 and four off that signature win over the cards. In week 5, these two teams met. Rams 26, Seahawks 17. That was in Seattle. Stafford threw for 365 yards. That was the game Wilson got knocked out with the injured finger, courtesy of Aaron Donald and was replaced by Geno Smith. DK Metcalf had two TDs in that game. Tyler Higby, Daryl Henderson, and Sony Michelle all scored for the Rams. Current odds I see is Rams minus four and a half. I am told the opening odds were seven, which sounds about right to me. Then the game was taken off the board when all these COVID issues started to break out, and then back on the board at four and a half. Weather 61 degrees and sunny. Should not be an issue. Recent contest, the Seahawks knocked off the Jags back on Halloween. And then they were shut up by the Packers, beat by the Cardinals, nipped by the Washington football team, and then beat the Niners at home 30-23. to And then followed that with a win over the Texans 33-13. In that Texans game, it was actually closer than that score indicates. It was a one-score game going into the fourth quarter. Key players, we all know about Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Those guys have been a thorn in our side for a decade. Of course, Lockett's on that COVID list. I mean, by the time you're hearing this, half of the Seahawks and the Rams could be on the COVID list. But regardless, got to call out Tyler Lockett, one of their key players, and has hurt the Rams a lot over the years, as has Bobby Wagner. Al Woods, the defensive lineman, has really stepped it up playing very well. He will be a challenge for our interior blockers. DK Metcalf, of course. If he keeps his head on straight, he can be a serious weapon. I think Jalen Ramsey has his number pretty well, but not sure Ramsey will be playing. And if he is, he's not always assigned to Metcalf, which I think is a mistake. But nonetheless, Metcalf is a guy to contend with. And Rashad Penny, the running back out of San Diego State, Hasn't really done much in his NFL career, but last week, 16 rushes for 137 yards and two TDs. That was against the Texans, so be interesting to see if he can carry that over against the Rams, who played the run really well against Arizona. We know about the Ram connections on this team. Gerald Everett, our old tight end, and their offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, moved over from the Rams after last season. What are my fearsome four keys to the game? You know, a lot of this is dependent on this COVID situation, but I'll give it my best shot. Fearsome key number one is just limit the big plays by Lockett and DK Metcalf. They always seem to get us with those big plays downfield. Not so much the last year or two, but in years past, Tyler Lockett especially has just killed us. So we got to get that squared away, and that could be a challenge if Ramsey's out. For some key number two is just cash in on our opportunities. And this lines up with my first some key number three. Don't give them any hope. Put this game away early. If we get touchdowns instead of field goals, if we march down the field and put 14 up and then 21, put some distance between them and us early, that's what I'm hoping to see. Don't let them stay in the game. Don't give them any hope.
and fearsome key number four, just no big gaffes. Our roster is so much stronger than the Seahawks. We just got to play a clean game. No stupid plays. No broken coverages. No fumbles inside our own 20. No muffed punts. No fumbles at the goal line going in. These are all things that have hurt us in the past against this team. No gaffes. Clean game. Rams win easy. In my prediction, Rams 30, Seahawks 17. I'm hoping it's even more than that. If the Rams came into this game 100% healthy, well, that never happens, does it? If the Rams came in with all these COVID guys eligible to play, the Rams are probably winning this 40-16. to 16. But I'm going to have to back off that a little bit. Just don't know what's going on with all these players on the COVID list as I speak. So I'll stick with Rams 30, Seahawks 17. Hey, 14th straight time, I've picked the Rams to win. Just a coincidence. Power rankings, a little bit of a shuffle at top. I have the Packers at number one. Who else are you going to put up there? And at number two, I have the Bucks. Number three, my first AFC team, the Chiefs, climbing up that leaderboard very slowly. Still haven't put it all together in my opinion, but they're looking like the best team in the AFC at this point. Number four, I have the Rams. Right now, I have the Rams as better than these teams that are to follow. I think they proved it Monday night. They're starting to peak. They're going on a roll. Rams at number four. Number five, Cardinals. They had an off game against the Rams. I think the Rams had a lot to do with it, but but let's not totally sink them on these rankings. They're still a very good football team. We haven't heard the last of them, that's for sure. Number six, the Patriots. I don't know how they do it. Mostly with defense and great game plans. Patriots at number six. Number seven, the Dallas Cowboys. I know their offense has really been struggling, but I think they're going to get it together. A lot of criticism of Dak Prescott. I haven't watched enough of the Cowboys games to comment on that, but something to be concerned about if you're a Cowboy fan. That running game is not working And Dak does not look like the elite passer many of us thought he was. And number eight, I have the Niners clinging to that eight spot in my elite eight. I'm not sure I feel totally comfortable with that. They lost to the Seahawks and then were gifted 10 points in Cincinnati and managed to win that game. I think they're headed for a playoff berth, though. And my plus two, I'm going to give you plus five here. Kind of a cop-out, I'm sorry, but my plus five are the Bills, Chargers, Colts, Titans, and Ravens in that order. Bills got to bounce back with a win. They need it so bad. Chargers, when they're at their best, they can play with anybody, but they have those moments. Maybe they're not a mature team quite yet, and that defense has had some struggles. The Colts, we'll find out a lot about them this week, playing the Patriots, The Titans, I'm not a believer. And the Ravens, I just don't think they can overcome all of those injuries. I'm going to leave it at that. That's my Elite 8 plus 5 this week. On to our game picks. You know, I had an incredible week last week. I went 13-1. and The one game I lost was the Bengals losing in overtime. I came so close to winning about $10 million if I thought to make a bet on my 14 picks, that is. But anyways, 13-1, and one, so I made up some serious ground. Passed up Pete Prisco, I'm better than him now. 
right behind Mike of Pro Football Talk. Close the gap on Lorenzo Reyes of USA Today. I don't think I have a hope of catching him, though. So who do I have this week? By the time you hear this, the Chargers and Chiefs might have already played, probably have already played. Well, certainly have already played, actually, but I'm taking the Chiefs. I think I know how to edit this if I get this one wrong, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going with the Chiefs. Last time they played, the Chargers won by a TD in Kansas City. I think the Chiefs repay the favor at SoFi. Jets at Dolphins. Miami continues their playoff run. Dolphins won their first match in New York. Patriots at Colts. I'm going with the Colts. They may have the ingredients to beat this Patriots team. I hope so. Panthers at Bills. A get-well game for the Bills. I hope so. Patriots lose. Bills win in an AFC rematch between those two teams. The following week gets really interesting. Washington football team at the Eagles. Eagles coming off a bye at home. I will take them. Raiders at Browns. Raiders are just a crumbling black hole. I'll take the Browns. Texans at Jags, the game of the century. Jags are favored in this, actually. I'm going to take the Texans, Davis Mills over Trevor Lawrence. Titans at Steelers. I've told you several times, many times, I'm not sold on the Titans. This is the type of game that really plays to the Titans' strengths, but I'm going to go with the home team, the Steelers. Cardinals at Lions. I'll take the Cardinals, but hey, maybe Jared Goff can do for the Rams what Tom Brady did for the Patriots. Win one for his old team. Come on, Jared, you can do it. Packers at Ravens. Ravens are just too banged up. I'll take the Packers. Would not be surprised if the Ravens pulled that off, though. Cowboys at Giants. Despite the Cowboys' deficiencies at the moment, I'll take the Cowboys. Falcons at Niners. Falcons will lead by 13 in the fourth quarter. 49ers will win. Bengals at Broncos. You know, this might be my favorite game of the week. I might even watch this one. If I can find the time, tape it maybe. Really big Wild card implications, but I'm taking the Broncos. Seahawks at Rams, Rams roll, Saints at Bucks. These two teams do not like each other, and it often goes the way you don't expect it to, but Saints defense will give Tom trouble, but Bucks will get enough done to win the game. Take the Bucks there. That's the Sunday night game, by the way. And Vikings at Bears. I will take the Vikings. Not sure what the weather is. Could be an issue. But the Vikings are the better team and have more to play for. I'll take Minnesota. That's my Rams Up Straight Up picks for this week. Hopefully I'll close the gap more on Mike and stay ahead of Pete. Still have a shot at Lorenzo. It's a long shot. We'll see how I do. Football fans, I'm sure we all love action-packed, high-scoring NFL games. But... With the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. 
New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I suspect I've been annoying a lot of Ram fans over the last couple weeks, hammering home the fact, my belief, that the Rams are a long shot to win their division. So I thought I'd take a moment to try to explain where I'm coming from on that. Now, if the Cardinals slip and lose two of the last four, which is possible, hey, it's possible the Rams win the division outright. However, if they end up in a tie, they're going to be at a disadvantage. And let me explain. Right now, the Cardinals have a 4-1 and divisional record. That's the first tiebreaker. Rams are 2-2. Two and two. So we would absolutely need the Cardinals to lose to the Seahawks to drop to 4-2 and two in the division while the Rams sweep the Seahawks and Niners. Again, this is the assumption that the Cardinals don't completely fall apart and the Rams leapfrog them for outright first place in the division, which I see as fairly unlikely. Although the DeAndre Hopkins injury helps the Rams' cause. I mean, for the Rams to leapfrog the Cardinals, the Cardinals would have to go 1-3 while the Rams go 3-1. and one. How likely is that? Cardinals go 2-2, two and two, Rams go 4-0. Actually, that might even be more likely, but it could happen. But let's say it doesn't happen. Then we have to hope the Cardinals lose to the Seahawks and the Rams beat the Seahawks and Niners. So the two teams are tied with the same record, and they both have 4-2 and two divisional records. And then we move on to the conference record, where the Rams might have a shot here. Right now, the Cardinals' conference record is 7-3. and three. The Rams' conference record is 8-2, and two, so the Rams have an edge. Who do the Cardinals have left in the conference? The Lions, Cowboys, and Seahawks. Who do the Rams have? The Seahawks, Vikings, and Niners. So the Rams just need to maintain an edge there. We need the Cardinals to lose that Seahawk game. And the Rams beat the Seahawks and Niners. And get it down to the conference record tiebreaker. Again, that's if the Rams don't win the division outright. So if you line up all these different possibilities, most of them line up in the Cardinals' favor. The thing we need to focus on We need the Cardinals to lose to the Seahawks. The Rams need to sweep the Seahawks and Niners. It gets really messy after that, but those three things happening will give the Rams a much better shot at winning this division other than just finishing with an outright better record. All said and done, I think the best scenario for the Rams, the most likely scenario for the Rams, might be just that. The Rams go 4-0, Cardinals go 2-2. I could see it happening. So I don't mean to be a pessimist, just trying to be a realist. The paths to a divisional title for the Rams are shrinking, but not completely gone.
we're starting to get a good idea of what the Rams 2022 schedule will look like. Now, it's going to be a tough schedule, but there are some nice things about it. Now, keep in mind, this year, 2021, they added that extra interconference game. And in this case, it was the Rams-Ravens, and the Rams have to travel to Baltimore. Next year, in 2022, the Rams interconference game will be against an AFC East team, and the Rams will host that game. So while in 2021, the Rams had eight home games and nine road games, that will flip. Next year, Rams have nine home games and eight away games. The home games the Rams are certain to have, well, obviously, Arizona, Seattle, and San Francisco, as well as Carolina and Atlanta, two NFC South teams, and Las Vegas and Denver, two AFC West teams. What are their road games? The road games for sure are Arizona, Seattle, and San Francisco, two AFC South teams, Tampa Bay and New Orleans, and two AFC West teams, Kansas City and the Los Angeles Chargers. And that's what's kind of neat about this schedule, a road game at the Los Angeles Chargers. What do we not know? Well, we don't know which NFC East team will be hosting, likely Washington or Philadelphia. And we do not know which NFC North team we will be playing. That'll be a road game. It'll most likely be Minnesota, though. And we'll be hosting that AFC East team. At this point, it looks like Buffalo, possibly Miami, or if the Bills rally and the Patriots slip, it could be the Patriots. Now, all of this is based on the assumption that the Rams will finish second. That is the most likely scenario. If they do overtake the Cardinals, that first place team from the NFC East would be Dallas, and the away game in the NFC North will be Green Bay, and again, AFC East, Patriots or Bills. So regardless, what do I like about the schedule? Well, 10 of the 17 games will be at SoFi. They'll have their nine home games plus an away game against the Chargers. They only have one trip to the East Coast, Tampa Bay, a warm weather city worth noting. And they really only have one potential cold game. That would be Kansas City. Minnesota will be indoors. Denver will be at home. And that Bills slash New England potential game would be at home, and the Washington slash Philadelphia game would be at home. But it's going to be a challenging schedule regardless. They're going to be playing Kansas City and the Chargers for sure, Tampa Bay for sure, and potentially the Buffalo Bills. So it's not an easy schedule by any stretch, not to mention San Francisco and Arizona twice purposely omitting Seattle as a team that would be a challenge on our schedule. Don't really see that next year. But 10 games at SoFi. That's a really nice feature to the schedule, something the Rams hopefully will be able to take advantage of. But those 10 games in Los Angeles is kind of nice to have. Hey, 
Okay, let's sneak in a who's pumped, who's pissed, and who's perplexed segment. Which NL fans are pumped after week 14? Which ones are pissed? And which ones are perplexed? I actually have a pretty short list this week. I only have one team's fan base that I would call pumped, and that's the Packers. Suddenly, thanks to the Rams, they are the number one seed in the NFC. It's not in the bag, though. They still have the Browns, Ravens, and Vikings left on their schedule, as well as the Lions. But as well as they are playing, I would expect them to win three games, possibly four going out. And I would expect them to hang on to that number one seed. Tampa Bay, much easier schedule, though. They will be nipping at their heels. And the Cardinals could bounce back as well. Who's pissed? Well, Cardinals fans are pissed. They had every reason to believe they would win that game against the Rams. All those key players out for Los Angeles. You know, Cardinals had their moments, especially on offense. Their defense, not what we've seen over the course of this season from them, especially from their pass rush. So they got to be pissed. Raiders fans got to be pissed. I mean, they've been pissed a few weeks straight now, I think. Turning the ball over five times against a divisional opponent in a game that's really important to them, really important to their playoff hopes. It's not all lost for the Raiders yet, but still, especially considering how this season started for them, they have to be pissed. Steelers fans are pissed, mostly at Chase Claypool, but also the way their team played in the first half. Oh my God, how horrible was that last Thursday night? That was pretty sad. You might put the entire AFC North in this pissed category, except for the Browns. We'll talk about them in a minute, though. They were the only team that won last week. So I'm throwing the Bengals in here. They got to be a little pissed. They're mostly pissed at their punt returner, costing them 10 points, basically handing the Niners a win in a crucial game for them. That's a really painful loss for the Bengals. Really does extreme damage to their wildcard hopes and divisional championship hopes as well, of course. So they're pissed. Jags fans have to be pissed. I mean, they're done being perplexed. They've been perplexed for most of this season, I think, because, hey, you know what? We'll give our team a pass this year, developing Trevor Lawrence with a new head coach. But at this point, they've about had it, don't you think? That offense is just horrible. A lot of locker room issues running under the surface there. We get little snippets once in a while about some really weird stuff going on between the coaches, among the coaches, and between the coaches and the players. If I'm Jags fans, I'm just pissed at this point. And now Urban Meyer out as head coach. And Bills fans have to be pissed. So last week, they lose to New England in a crucial divisional game. Then they go on the road, and who do they lose to? Tom Brady, who gets the benefit of a really questionable pass interference call in overtime. So on back-to-back weeks, they lose to the Patriots, and then they lose to Tom Brady, both longtime nemesises. And to make matters worse, of course, Brady doing his old team, the Pats, a favorite by beating the Bills. And who's perplexed? Well, I'm going to start with the Browns. I mean, yeah, they got a win. But how do they feel about OBJ getting touchdowns in three consecutive games after leaving the Browns? And 
Baker Mayfield making some strange comments, alluding to some internal issues. Yeah, there's some issues there with the Browns, and the fans have to be perplexed, wondering what the heck's going on. We're making a playoff push, and there's just some unnecessary distractions at this point. And the Ravens have to be perplexed, losing so many guys to injury on defense, and now Lamar is hobbling again. They have to be a little concerned. Yeah, they're still in the driver's seat in that division, but how long is that going to last? And the last team that's perplexed, I'm going to say as a Ram fan, I'm a bit perplexed, clearly belongs in the pumped category midnight Monday night. But by the time the end of Tuesday rolled around, I was feeling a bit perplexed. How did this happen? How many guys are going to be out for any amount of time? How many guys are going to miss the Seattle game? Can we, are we going to be able to sustain that level of energy with all these backups playing for another week against Seattle at home? Seattle should not be as big a challenge as the Cardinals were. I think we'd be able to beat them with a handful of guys out. But this is getting really preposterous, the number of guys that could potentially miss that game. We'll have to hope for some negative tests between now and then. So clearly a bit perplexed. Just makes it even more important that we beat the Cardinals. Could you imagine having lost to them and then this happened? Putting that Seattle game at risk. So trying to be positive here, we got the win at least against Arizona. And just crossing my fingers, most of these guys are going to be able to play come Sunday. And that's my pumped, pissed, and perplexed fan bases for this week. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.